1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Films, 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 films. Lots of films, 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 films. good films, bad films, fun films, sad films. Weird films, last films, rare films, old films, new films, some John Woo films, films that star Peter Finch, films by David Lynch, films short films, six hours long. We've got films up to your. Game. Hello and welcome to Film Chat, a podcast all about a plucky reporter and a highly skilled pilot who team up to thwart an evil genius's plans to invade the world with giant robots in an alternate version of 1939. Oh wait, that's the 2004 film Sky Captain the World of Tomorrow. Yeah, this is actually a podcast where we review films and uh, talk about movie news and all that kind of stuff. I'm Danny Moran. Join me. Joining me me, is my co-host Sam Foster. Um, hi Danny, sorry, sorry I interrupted you. That's okay what's Um, on today's show sam
0: well uh (laughs) coming up in today's film chat uh you danny (laughs) will be reviewing mike lee's sweeping biopic mr turner and together we'll be staring with morbid fascination at jake gyllenhaal's weirdly gaunt face in nightcrawler plus we'll be rounding up the critical reactions to christopher nolan's latest mind jumbling epic interstellar and asking are explicit shots of penises getting more common in mainstream films and if not why not But first, uh, I think we should go through some of the
1: huge quantity of questions we've been receiving. Here's a quick tweet. Hey guys, really love the show. Quick question, what is film? From uh, Philip French there, former head critic for the Guardian Film reviews. Is he still alive? (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second, this was dated. (laughs) Yeah, it's four years old.
0: That's funny because I, I actually got some correspondence from a Guardian <laughs> film critic as well. Uh, did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. I got an email from Peter Bradshaw. Oh. Um, this is what he says. Don't you dare. Don't even dare. You'll never make it in this business, you pair of giggling amateurs. You can't even do a rant. Prepare to sink without trace. Fuck you. Yours sincerely, Peter Bradshaw? <laughs> Bradshaw?
1: I didn't really think we were really a competitive, a Bradshaw, because he doesn't do a podcast, but that's how he seems to see it. I've got a lovely letter as well, um, which I'm going to read now. Uh, Dear Sam and Danny, we're such big fans of your podcast in our household that when we got my daughter Megan a kitten for a recent fifth birthday, we all simultaneously agreed as a family to name the young feline Film. (laughs) So he's a film cat. We were wondering if the show would like to adopt him as his official mascot. Film cat or film chat? I've enclosed a photo inside, which we'll put on the website. Um, keep up the marvelous work, and if you could wish a belated happy birthday to Megan, it'd make her a year. Lots of hugs and kisses. here Jones from East Penge. Bodicea? Yeah, bizarre name. Well, uh, well ha- 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 happy birthday, Megan. Happy birthday, Megan. Five, is she? Five,
0: five, yeah. I'm not wow. sure about the cat, though. I thought it'd be years before we got our first cat, but uh, it's happened <laughs> on
1: day one. It took Commode years to get yeah, a cat. Yeah. Sam, before we start, um, I think we should address the title of our podcast, Film Chat. Yeah. Uh, you know... There's been some behind-the-scenes discussions about this title. Yeah. And um, and some outside... Dis- well, like front of the scenes. In the scenes. In the scenes. Around the scenes. Alternate name for the podcast. Mm. I've been doing some brainstorming. Okay. I'm just going to fire some names at you, and I want your instant reactions. Okay. Dicks on Flicks. Mm. Dicks on Flicks. Um, that's just an mm. That's what I want not get so far. <laughs> Siskel and Ebert, 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> too soon? Too, too soon. <laughs> too... <laughs> okay. With that mind, Moran and Foster. Th- that's it? Just Moran and Foster. That's not like Cisco and Ebert, 2.0, well, on Moran and Foster. That could work as well. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> for that. Okay. And then I thought we could abbreviate that just to mofos. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Mofos, yeah. And then we could even get it to just motherfuckers. But mm. I thought that might be a bit, you know, sort of rude about our mothers. If we called them... We were lovely people. Yeah, okay. So I thought maybe Raised by Milfs? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I've got the some more high The connection to bro. films is becoming yeah, I was... ever more distant. Okay, I've got some more film-related ones. Okay. Sound and Sound? <laughs> <laughs> sound and Sound. Yeah. yeah. that's pretty good. Film 2014 with Claudia Winkle Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I mean, we'd have to change that name. We'd have to um, Radio du Cinéma. Is that we'd have to say it all the time? Well, because there's a famous sort of Truffaut in Godot. Oh, I had this magazine called Cahiers du Cinema. it' oh, it's like cinema book. You were making a highbrow
0: French New Wave reference. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I
1: was. Danny's the brainy part of the podcast. Uh,
0: Battleship Pretentious. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Battleship that, Pretentious. Yeah. Okay. That's... Are you just like sort of randomly changing <laughs> the names of
1: like famous art house old films?
0: It maybe, maybe. doesn't even sound like a
1: podcast. Maybe. Okay, <laughs> what about this? This is quite a long title and it sounds a bit like a sort of 60s set sitcom. Okay. We haven't got a Marshall McLuhan, what we're doing. <laughs> yes?
0: Uh, is that I think it's an Annie Hall reference.
1: Yeah, because he did so, TV so, and media so stu- studies. So, uh, it's trying to, you know, increase the brow. Um, Francis Ford Podcastula. Castula. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Cas- Castula? I don't know. Where's that going wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it makes it sound like you makes Francis a Coppola and Dracula Okay How about A podcast lips Wow <laughs> <laughs> How about Play it again Sam and Danny Yeah That one I like Because my name comes Okay first. On that vein Castle can, can I ask
0: how many of these are there? <laughs> There's two more I feel like I've been There's
1: two singing more from, Okay Steven Spielberg's Because we're like Idiots But we all like but Spiel we talk yeah. Okay. yeah And finally the talkies the talkies yeah because oh, like, you, you know like, like they they these, in... yeah yeah okay and we talk and it's about movies
0: i mean i think maybe one day we should start a podcast called raised by milfs yeah but i'm not sure that is this podcast i'm i'm, I'm very impressed by your creativity thanks and i'm glad that i didn't do any because <laughs> that way that would take up the entire uh, entire podcast by itself Oh, ha- I'll, let the, I'll let those stew. With let you. those percolate We can see what um, What our listeners think I'll post them On the website you know. Yeah post them up No um, one's any suggestions uh, We did have a couple Of like actual suggestions um, Paul Robinson On uh, Facebook yeah. Suggested that we uh, Turn the current names To do an anagram of it And call the podcast Filth Cam Which It's a bit weird How he we quickly Worked out an anagram Oh well How do you know How long it took him <laughs> he I might have to do it for ages. I just don't trust that guy just I like the name. Everything. The only thing is that once we change it to that, the connection to the original name is
1: basically totally gone. It makes it sound very really smarty. Uh,
0: didn't Victoria Hoskins have a suggestion?
1: Yeah, it was Look Who's Talking. Look Who's Talking, yeah. Like that um, John Travolta, Kirstie Alley Scientology mm. movie. No, no, uh, after... The Babies. I Scientology talk. movie? Well, they're both Scientologists. Oh, I see, right. I don't know if the movie's got a particular like, Scientology... I've never seen it. Yeah. I know there were two sequels. Yeah, so all possibilities. Maybe we'll just continue to leave that um, particular
0: box unclosed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, we'll see what people make of the name and whether they have any other suggestions.
1: Sounds good. Superhero
0: films announced, casting rumours leaking out. M. Chamberlain's film is hated, Paul Thomas Anderson's is fated. Meryl Streep's Oscar tip, Matt Damon's in a viral vid. Michael Bay's made a mint.
1: So, film news. Do we have any exciting film news? Well, just right before we started recording, breaking news, Star Wars Episode 7 is now called The Force Awakens. Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. Brilliant. So what was it in the previous six films? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> I thought The Force was everything, right? Mm. It's everywhere, it's everything, it moves yeah, through well, us. But maybe it's dormant. It's been dormant, yeah. and now it's awoke yeah it's a, it's a Wiccan it's a Wiccan yeah <laughs> somewhere on my this way it comes um yeah I don't really care is <laughs> that
0: exciting news I don't give a shit yeah it's like our headline piece of news I don't know it's like one of those things which is exciting to a lot of people but to us it was
1: trending I don't know if you saw the trailer for the new Neil Blomkamp film Chappie I did see the trailer for Chappie I saw the Chappie trailer you saw the Chappie trailer yeah did it make you happy um, the Chappie, Chappie is one happen. of the most
0: thrillingly titled films, I think, that's come out in recent years, or that's been announced,
1: you know. It's a shame, like, in a way, no trailer could live up to that title. <laughs> no, exactly. I was like, the little kid from Slumdog Millionaires built a robot in South Africa, mm. what's going on? Yeah. yeah. What did you think of Chappie? you excited about Chappie? Well... Looking forward to another dusty sci-fi robot film from Neil Blomkamp? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed District 9, and I thought Elysium was quite poor really but he seems to be on like sort of home turf and it's a bit more weird mm. you know what was good in Elysium the robots he and, just uh, sticks to the robots sticks to the robots and yeah. maybe have Something's more South good. Africans in it
0: I liked how sort of uplifting the trailer was it was like just the robot being like taught things it's like he's, he's doing a painting oh my god it's so beautiful he just said his first word wow but uh, yeah I don't know but hard to say whether it will be good I mean there's certainly a lot of wonder in it isn't there yeah. it seem to be full of wonder I think people won't accept Chappie.
1: That sounds like a minor character in a Guy Ritchie film, (laughs) like his nickname. (laughs) Chappie. Yeah. Yeah, I think they should have rolled with that. had Mm him as, like, voice and so by... He's voiced by, what's his name? Sharto Copley. Oh, is he? He Oh, yeah. His regular collaborator. I did notice he had a thick um, South African accent. Yeah, I'm Chappie. I'm Chappie. I'm Chappie. I'm a robot. Yeah. That's probably how he talks. It would have been better if it had been, like, a Guy Ritchie regular voicing the character. Like, Statham. Like, Statham. (laughs) Chappy. <laughs> I feel like the childlike sense of wonder might be a little different. Oh just by his side. Yeah.
0: Also, do you think that um, if the film gets negative reviews, there'll be a lot of wordplay on the fact that chappy sounds like it could be a euphemism for penis.
1: Yeah, they think I thought that one.
0: Um, speaking of penis and study I need to
1: think of a more natural segue. <laughs> no, I'll do it. Yeah. The word chappy reminds yeah. me of dicks. Speaking of dicks. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's a good segue. segue. Wait, I know. I've got one. Okay. Chappy. It's more
0: (laughs) A dick-like term, wouldn't you say? You know... I would say. You know, Danny, um, penises have been on my mind lately. Do you know why? Why, Sam? Because
1: I feel like I've been seeing (laughs) more and more of them in films and on TV. Do you feel that way? Well, there's notorious gongo... A rare case of mm. male full frontal nudity in the yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Not full fr- Like, sort of sideways... Side frontal.
0: ...cock glimpse. But yeah, there was a sort of hilarious fuss over this. Um, I saw an article in Vulture magazine, which was called How to Spot Ben Affleck's Penis in Gone
1: Girl. How um, to spot it? I mean, it's not like exactly hiding. Well, apparently, for some people, it was. Where is it? Like, what his knee? I mean... It's <laughs> 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 where most penises are, aren't they? Um... For the unaware, it appears uh, in a shower scene at
0: the end, and he steps into the shower and you can see his penis a little bit. So it seems like somewhat silly that yeah. there's a huge fuss over it, but do you think
1: that... Well, have you identified a trend? Um, I guess so. The ones that spring to mind are sort of movies where you expect them to be, sort of like art house or more like European fare. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I think the problem, though, is like penises are like, unlike female genitalia, they just naturally quite funny. Mm. They just look a bit ridiculous Yeah Danny Boyle was kind of a
0: penis um, Pioneer Can I use that word? <laughs> <laughs> penis there? <laughs> because you see Killian Murphy's penis yeah. In 28 Days Later There's a corpse with a um, visible
1: penis In Shallow Grave Yeah And train spotting his... You see Hugh McGregor S- Like S- in the hallway um, and then and in the opening uh, of the Olympic ceremony, I think, like, he kind of mind, like, whips his dick out when he's, like, Did doing see... the Isle of Wonders speech. I, I thought I saw um, Bond's dick when he was parachuting down. Yeah. Wasn't he was... it out? Yeah. Yeah. His little chappy was poking out. I think I saw, <laughs> Dizzy Russell's dick, actually, He was doing that sort of... Yeah. A lot yeah. of
0: high-vis chappies in the... Uh... Yeah.
1: I think I saw... the <laughs> What's his name? Tim Bursley Lee? When he was, like, <laughs> going over the internet. I think he had his dick out <laughs> as well.
0: Wasn't there a bit of a
1: cheeky dick play from uh, Rowan Atkinson when he was doing his Mr Bean routine? Yeah, he just sort of yeah. There was a dissonant call where he just like mm. flopped his dick on like, the lower keys. <laughs> what are you doing, Rowan? Yeah, I don't know how he snuck those parts. Of... That's amazing. Was no it? one. <laughs> That's
0: why. A... <laughs> Not more commentary about that. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, it's my surprising. Didn't Mike
1: Oldfield, <laughs> <laughs> he was playing tubular bells? I, I'm I belie- think we were all just so swept done. up with the wonder and the patriotism and, yeah. you know, the the coming together of the globe mm. for this one beautiful event that we just forgot about, of the petty sort of, you know, yeah. churlishness about penises, the and just... penises. Okay, I think this, <laughs> you know, I thought that our penis
0: discussion was going to remain quite, you know, highbrow, but it seems to have not done.
1: Yeah. Let's bring
0: it back. Yeah, let's bring it back. Basically, my penis thesis yeah. um, is that more visible penises in cinema is a good thing.
1: Yeah, I and think it you. might
0: even—I mean, even goes so far as to say it's a sort of feminist thing. Yeah, because. If, like, I think if nudity becomes uh, more commonplace from both genders and more sort of relaxed, then it doesn't seem, like, exploitative if, you know, women are taking their kit off, like, all yeah, the yeah, time yeah. in movies. No, no, I agree. And I think the next the next step um, will be just everyone with their dicks out throughout the movie and just no comment being Might won't, be won't be an issue. Might be an
1: issue. Well, that's... American <laughs> dream. <laughs>
0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The man.
1: The man. <laughs> and now for Danny to review a film he recently saw. Was a staggeringly brilliant? Was it all we How did
0: Danny form a judgment? We're about to
1: hear his thoughts. Rubbish drop, Then Sam will tell them off And now it's time for my review of yeah. Mr. Turner um, To set it up It's a Mike Lee film And it depicts the last 20 years Of Turner's life And that's pretty much all you need to know It's not particularly plot orientated as a film I don't know, you know, Jack about uh,
0: J.M.W. Turner
1: uh, He's a painter painted boats uh, Sometimes skies <laughs> Um, Could you just tell me as though you, you care less about, about it? He's just a man, isn't he? He's just sort of wondering about <laughs> being alive. No, let me let me play you a clip. Okay. And you'll get a sense of the sort of style and tone and mood of the piece, and also a bit of an insight into Timothy Spool's performance. <laughs> Morning, Mr. Turner. Morning, Sir Billy Gussy. Good day, you, delighted you, Billy. you could join us. Huh. Damn fine spectacle this year, Billy. Mm-hmm. Aha! Mm. <laughs> Very fine day to you, Mr. Stoddart. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Turner, sir. <laughs> mm. Mm. <coughs> Constable. Turner. Jonesy, Carlo, Uh William, the Hanging Committee. You (laughs) approve? Did well, aren't you? Grazie. (laughs) Fraga. Very enjoyable. Really good. Well, basically, there's a film kind of based around Timothy Spall's performance, and he's very, very, very good in it. Mm. You've probably heard he won Best Actor at Cannes. Right. But yeah, what's so sort of good about it? You got a sense from that it's a very grungy performance. Yeah, it's a lot of. Mm, mm, it, mm. it felt like the kind of sort of iconic performance that will generate a thousand impressions immediately, <laughs> like, like Dan Day Lewis. Yeah, that will be blood. There are like times where it's like was, was not even borderline, it is is like quite funny. His reactions to things are just a series of sort of. Mm, mm, <laughs> mm, mm. But like, what's what's like really good about it is like the movie paints a portrait, <laughs> of a man. Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> He's, like, Turner is, like, does all these incredibly expressive paintings and all these storms and, like, but as a man, he's, like, all closed in and, you know, it's all going on inside. Yeah. So he comes across curmudgeonly, but he's got all this, you know, you can sort of tell a lot from the way he sort of growls at people. Yeah. What's going on. You get, like, a real sense of his inner, sort of, turmoil. And it kind of skews many, sort of, pitfalls of biopics by not really trying to, sort of, forge a narrative out of what happens. Like, yeah. but it kind of avoids all that. And what's so sort of good about it is it has all the, sort of, important points of his last 20 years but they're treated with as much attention as just all the small parts of just him like going to the shops or like actually I don't know actually there's no scene here in he the shops <laughs> but, scenes of scenes of that nature. scenes of that nature precisely but I think like <laughs> my point is like you know a character isn't just the sum of all the dramatic things that happens in their lives right so you don't feel like they were just ticking off like yeah, oh, yeah. we have to show this happen and yeah and um, it's just, like, very enjoyable. Part of it's, like, the setting and, like, the language. It's just You know, people say, like, brook your ire and stuff. It's yeah. just fun to hear.
0: So do, do you feel
1: like it has a sort of ring of authenticity? For, yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. The period. Yeah, yeah. Tom Bull's amazing in it. He's one of those actors where he's just, like, in everything. He's just that guy and stuff. And then suddenly he's like, I'm actually the best actor in the world. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah. what the hell? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just being of my generation. He's just that guy from Harry Potter who used oh, to be yeah, a rat. Yeah. yeah. Or the guy from A Vida St. Pat. But it turns out he's like this phenomenal actor. You know, give him more than like six lines in a film. I mean, really, he yeah. <laughs> really shines. He really shines. Yeah. Um, what else did I mention about it? It's just So it's it's really long, right? It's two and a half hours long, but it kind of flew by. Yeah, didn't, mean, you didn't feel it's like... No, because, well, it is very like meandering, but it's like part of the joy of it. Mm. I think and that about it... this podcast. <laughs> uh, precisely. In many ways... Mr. Turner is the film version of mm. the sort of mood we set in this podcast. Yes, yeah, but it, like it sets up the sort of movie it's going to be. It's not like you know suddenly the plot drops off or anything. It's very languid. Yeah, it's well paced. You know, it's yeah. long but it's well paced. Same, so, yeah. And I would heartily recommend it.
0: So you, you know, you go in after like a nice big lunch, and you just had a glass of yeah. wine, and you're just feeling you know chilled out.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. Actually, I did see this yeah. on a Sunday night, so it was like that was the perfect time to see it. Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for like a sort of thrilling movie then maybe maybe not the yeah. one Say so, not a thriller not a thriller I would describe yeah. this film as not a thriller <laughs> um, to summarise not a thriller yeah they no, were like mainly the point it's a slightly minor point to finish on but one of the sort of biopic sort of cliches it indulges is just the sort of celebrities of the day like hanging out with each other oh yeah They're yeah. like you know in which Walk the Line it's like he meets Elvis or like he talks yeah. like I was speaking to this guy like Bob Dylan the other day but yeah. in that it's like from that club he meets Constable and like yeah. then he meets like John Ruskin the art critic and stuff and there's a lot of fun of like because you obviously know about their legacy and there's them just sort of hanging out with these cool old masters sort of hanging yeah, out. Yeah. that's a lot of fun do you have any strong negatives I think Timothy ball is too attractive did he get his dick for the him? for the roll. <laughs> I mean there's a, there's a there's a there's a sex scene oh yeah, yeah you, if you can imagine if, if that's how he talks imagine what it sounds <laughs> like I'll leave that to your imagination but it's quite a grunty sex scene yeah so, two thumbs up from me. Oh, fantastic. Uh, we but we just... I, I haven't seen it, but I'll give it two thumbs down, just to even it out. <laughs> that's making it. <laughs> don't go see as well.
0: Ooh, time for a break from all the film chat. Have a cup of tea, maybe make a quick snack. And telephone a friend so you know where she's at. Right, that's enough, now back to film chat. I also went to see a film this week, uh, which I believe you also saw. Um, well, it depends. What is the film? Well, it's Nightcrawler. <laughs> I saw it! I saw that film! I thought so. I thought you did. Um, yeah, I went to see Nightcrawler, the Jake Gyllenhaal starring thriller that's just come out. I guess it's like, you know, another great central performance driven uh, movie, like Mr. Turner. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of buzz around this one, right? It sort of came and people were, like really excited about it. So I'll set up the story of the movie. Jake Gyllenhaal is this creepy dude. You don't really know, like, anything about him. And he manages to uh, make money by filming scenes of accidents and crimes and then selling the tapes to the local news station. Uh, Apparently, what they really like to lead with is a nice sort of, like, brutal, like, carjacking or a, a car accident or something like that. And it sort of suits him to a T, because he's obviously, like, quite mental. And he recruits a sidekick, and then things gradually, you know, spiral out of control. He uh, tracks down the scene of an oral accident and films it, and then takes it to the local news station and say, let's hear a clip of him doing that.
1: You my fill-in operator? I don't think so. I'm Lou Bloom. I have some footage for sale. A stringer? What? Who do you work for? At the moment, I work for myself. Okay, well, see Frank out there the way you came. Uh, what's the time to? Well, six. What do you have? Something I'm fairly certain you'll be very excited about.
0: So, anyway, he successfully sells his footage to uh, the station... ...and then he builds a relationship with them... ...and uh, things gradually get darker and darker. Like, the inherent creepiness of having a guy filming, like, up close... Someone bleeding to death after a car accident, and then selling that footage to news uh, news stations, and then they broadcast it is um, grabbed with relish by um, the film, and it really goes to town on it. I wouldn't describe it as a subtle film, but it's a very like effective thriller. It's sort of, I mean, if you leave the cinema and you were like, I didn't really get the themes, so, you know, <laughs> like, then I feel like you were not paying very much attention to the movie. Yeah. So it's really tied together by Jay Gyllenhaal's performance, which is um, kind of mesmerising. The, the central like, conceit with him is that he's this kind of inwardly crazy sociopathic character, but he's got this kind of cheery manner and he talks like a business manual. In a, you could easily imagine him, like, the exact same character, just being this sort of, like, weird office manager guy or whatever. But yeah. instead, he's this dude with no money. And uh... The film that this really reminded me of is King of Comedy. Yeah, yeah. Do no, you make, that. Did you make yeah, that connection? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, King of Comedy is a Scorsese movie from the 70s, and it's another film about a um, social outcast guy who doesn't connect well with people, who has a single goal and pursues it relentlessly throughout the movie. And it's, there's a kind of like comic aspect to it, and it also gets darker and darker. Um, and I don't think this is as good as King of Comedy, but um, it does a lot of the similar things uh, really well. One thing that was a bit of an issue in the movie is that the characters, other than Jake Gyllenhaal, are pretty sketchily drawn. Everyone else doesn't get a whole lot to do. He has eighty-five percent of the all the good lines, you know. <laughs> and a lot of the movie consists of him saying some like fantastic speech or light to someone, and then them just kind of being like, "This guy's weird," you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: They, they everyone in the movie is constantly looking at him like, "Well, you're pretty fucking weird." I mean, that's one of the problems of the film, like. I've, I liked it, but I've read a lot of over-the-top, like, five-star reviews, like, it's a modern classic. and you know? Yeah. But basically, first of all, I think, like, it's too unsubtle. It sort of sacrifices the movie for, like, the sort of message yeah. at points. And it definitely beats you over the head a bit. And, and, like, the character of Riz Ahmed is, like, he's the sort of hapless, homeless guy Jake Gyllenhaal's like, employs as his number two. He's, like, really good in it. I think he's, like, a great actor, and he brings a lot to it. it has got, like, a natural sort of... His beautiful Bambi eyes just sell like a amazing. Sort of magic like magic. people's eyes in this film. I know, he has got huge eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but like he's sort of like a sort of slight moral compass on the film. Yeah. And so's um, Kevin Ram, who's. Ted not, from Mad Men. Ted from Mad Men, playing Ted from Madman, Men, sort of comes yeah. in and is like, Are you sure you should be doing this? Yeah. This seems wrong. And yes, l- I'm sure, Ted. Okay, I'll go away again. <laughs> I mean, like, that, like, that scene happened about five times. What's the difference like, between this and like King of Comedy and anything like Taxi Driver? In those movies. Scorsese doesn't really like judge his characters yeah whereas this movie like sets up a sort of moral line and this is like look how bad this is oh yeah look how bad this is the yeah. whole movie is look how bad this is Like, I fucking know it's bad yeah you don't even like tell me yeah 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 so I found that a bit tedious and also I found like I think it's quite quickly established like how nuts and unscrupulous and Jay Gunnell is mm. so everything he did wasn't at all surprising he's like well of course he'd do that yeah he's mad the only, the only thing that I liked about that
0: I thought was interesting well not the only thing but one of the interesting things about his character was that I kept expecting him to like cover his tracks and he would always just tell people exactly what he did
1: yeah I think like at times it borders on like this guy had an idea to show how like amoral the sort of news gathering industry is yeah and did it by creating an insane character and it's like Jake and all's characters like a vehicle just to show like you have to be a crazy man to be great at this job yeah yeah because I d- I can't really like it like too many times. It just felt like a movie. Like the score's like really intrusive. The score was quite weird. I thought, it and was, like, uh, I like I just can't imagine this character existing before the film starts or existing after it finishes. Mm. I don't know. Like it you know, the fact that this film is like a film is not like a great criticism. It was but... a very like movie movie. But yeah, I, I didn't
0: I I didn't uh, mind it particularly. I thought it was like, you know, it was well paced and had good set pieces and it had some good speeches in it and
1: stuff. And I thought uh, I my sort it. of. Um, sort of piffy review of it being like it's a much better made film than a written film Hmm. i think it's like really well directed and i thought the um robert ellsworth who's a cinematographer who did oh it looked amazing he did there will be blood he's like paul tom simpson's regular collaborator it like it was a good it was literally like a good film to watch Yeah, yeah. it was like really engrossing and like all the performances were really good like rennie russo didn't write a character but she's really good in it Mm. like that character seemed like a sort of sort of Faye Dunaway-esque like if yeah, Faye Dunaway exactly. was like yeah, exactly. let's get her job and Network yeah it's like
0: that's what I thought I was I was when uh, when she came in the movie like the first two scenes I was like cool it's like this sort of uh, hard as nails uh, TV exec character you know like Faye Dunaway and Network and then she was like oh, you know turns out she's a bit like pathetic you yeah know? yeah but then the next scene she's back to being hard as nails It's like what's going on with this character <laughs> and I realised that she was just doing whatever she had to do to move the story forwards yeah um, I don't know I thought there was some bits of it were well written there was some good sort of J. 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 Hall speeches in it yeah but overall I would recommend seeing the movie I would too I would too hmm. Danny a huge film is about to be released in fact by the time our listeners are listening to this it will have been released um, what is this film time? what is it it's called Interstellar no, let me guess okay Interstellar yes absolutely <laughs> you got it right first time well done yeah um, and this is the uh, biggest movie of the year
1: Would you say? Uh, biggest movie ever
0: movie. Ever made <laughs> Probably big would, like, would you say it's uh, one of the most hyped Possibly the most hyped film of the year
1: Yeah, definitely
0: um, And uh, so everyone's awfully excited about it it's I all, am like, the posters are, Even the posters are big Even the um. posters are big I can't <laughs> get
1: It's like they just come in A1 They're yeah. getting smaller <laughs> A1 it's not that big for a poster <laughs> it's, just, it's the largest paper film I know <laughs> Um,
0: yeah, and so uh, it's out, and the critics have uh, been judging it. Obviously, we haven't seen it yet, yeah. and maybe next week we'll you know, be able to do a proper review. But have you been following the critical reaction? It's been a bit mixed. Been a little bit mixed. yeah. To say the least. They, I, they read a, on... I read a
1: D minus review. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's that remixes really things up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. C is the best they can get. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, they grade it's like On a, a scale a...
0: from P to C <laughs> minus. Um, yeah. Yeah, I went on Rotten Tomatoes and there was a lot of green splats among the... Um, oh, green r-
1: splats for Nolan!
0: Ripe red tomatoes.
1: You get went right ones
0: <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I had a look around to try to find, you know, the most, like, General overwrought, mood. like, ludicrous, critical oh, right, critic's okay. comment. Um, I did find this one quite funny. Even a cool cat like Christopher Nolan can cough up a furball. And with this sci-fi adventure interstellar, it's blockbuster-sized. <laughs> That's a remark from Peter Howell the Toronto Star. Wow. I like that. Most, of the, most other critics were really going with more space-related metaphors. Yeah, yeah. Based, <laughs> for, a, for a cat. Well, we don't know. There could be,
1: like, a big cat at in it.
0: Maybe there's a furball in the movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, James Dye in Empire. Did you read his review? The um,
1: because no, review because it said had it had spoilers in it. Yeah, so I just nice. like no
0: way review. it. I took one for the team and skimmed nice. it. Nice. I found this line quite funny. He described it as what dinner in a movie with Professor Brian Cox might feel like.
1: I was like, really? What? This is like a quite nice guy. I, I watched. This, I watched the trailer.
0: I watched the trailer. It's like, is if you go to dinner with Brian Cox, is <laughs> it this kind of epic, mind blowing? <laughs> Like, you know, travelling through space and time kind of experience. like, like Yeah, he sits you down, end. he
1: puts on a hands in score. Yeah. He takes you to Niagara Falls. And he see. says things like, We're not gonna run out of TV, son. We're gonna run out of food. Whatever, it's, like, it's probably really deep. And finally, have you heard that <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe has signed on to be in Now You See Me Too? Uh, what? I What? Radcliffe's in Now You See Me Too. From Wizard to Magician. Wow. That's my growth.
0: Incredible casting.
1: I haven't seen the first film, but I remember I had the great line on the trailer where Jesse Eisenberg takes like magic's his handcuffs off of his hands onto like Mark Ruffalo's hands, mm. and he says, first of all, the magic was the smartest guy in the room." That's a, that was. I found that moment. I welled up actually. It was so beautiful. So I was thinking in the sequel they should just actually get the smartest guys in the room. And um, what you mean, the Enron? From Enron. Yeah, the smartest guys <laughs> in the room. <laughs> I think most yeah. of them are in prison while he's <laughs> dead. But, um, Jack, Jack Abramoff. Maybe no, you know. maybe someone who, like Stephen Hawking, mm. right? The first one magic would imagine be the smartest guy in the room. In any room, he's probably the smartest Dude, guy in the room. I think that could be a sort of
0: punchline moment where he performs a trick and it's really good, but then Hawking comes in and he just does something even better. Yeah. It's like, shit, I wasn't the smartest guy in the room. That's <laughs> what we'll makes me the smartest guy in the or, room. No, yeah, he, he tries to do a trick and it doesn't work. He's like, yeah. why, why, did trigger, it? why didn't my why trick work? And then he spots Hawking in the corner. He's like, fuck, I'm not, smartest guy <laughs> guy <in> the, <laughs> not the smartest guy in the room. It didn't work.
1: Precisely. Yeah.
0: All right, well, that's Film Jam. That's... Oh, no, wait. We have one more thing that we haven't yet discussed. Probably the most important thing of all. Um, our friend Chris sent us both an incredible song by John Travolta. Were you uh, familiar with John Travolta's solo singing career?
1: No, I only knew his singing from the musical Grease.
0: Well, that was only the start of John Travolta's spectacular musical career. It's like an iceberg. He released an album. You know what the album was called? Uh, John Travolta. That's the kind of creative genius we're dealing Wolf. with. Rasmataz is an incredible song. Stephen R. Mingle in the comments on YouTube Said Perhaps the finest song ever written and performed Enjoy um, wow. Which I agreed with
1: Me too, so, and, do
0: you like it? I think so Brampy101 says <laughs> <laughs> Brampy He says I bought this man's album
1: for 59 cents And I significantly regretted it <laughs> Brampy101 Brampy. There was a hundred Brampies before I got that name Brampy Brampy one, ah, oh, Brampy two, ah, oh, come on, yeah, Brampy well, that, three. That makes one hundred and one Brampies. Yeah, and one hundred and Brampy hundred one is the hundred and second attempt. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Oh, I've got. a have written an actual special. Well, it's not special, but it's. Well, right, special is the first. It's something that I can read verbatim. Go. Thanks for listening. That's the end of this week's Film Chat. Remember to tweet us on Facebook, poke us on LinkedIn, send us Instagram breakfast pics, and above all, please remember to Bebo us. Next week, we'll be speaking to Patrick Stewart and asking him what it's really like waiting for Godot. Film Chat was written by Quentin Tarantino and directed by Nora Ephron. The producer was Nick Offerman. Costumes by Edith Head, Heads by Ray Harryhausen, and Housing by Katie's Parents. The roles of Sam and Danny were performed by Brian May and Catherine Hepburn. No animals were harmed or even encountered in the making of this podcast.
1: Drinking brandy at a bar With an old-time movie star Her makeup is faded and her fame is dated She says her place ain't very far
0: Razzmatazz this crazy L.A. living is wearing me down mm. I wake up in the morning's here She's in a robe and drinking beer She says she knows Big Davis
1: and says the Lord'll save us I think I best get out of here Razz in the task.